Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Julieta Talevi, and joining me this evening are David Shapiro from Assessment Securities and Wayne McCurry from F&B Wealth and Investments. If you'd like to send questions, please SMS 41392 or email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za. David, Wayne, good evening to you both. Wayne, if I may start with you tonight. Uh, it wasn't a bad day for the market. Overall, the JSE cli climbing about two-thirds of a percent. The RAND, however, seems to be barreling along back towards uh, the 19 to the dollar level. Um, is there any particular reason for the sudden sharp weakness? Now look, maybe Shapiro's picked up something, but I certainly, <laughs> haven't, I certainly haven't picked it up. I mean, we got the Fed minutes out. <laughs> maybe that had an effect. We know we're getting our rate decision tomorrow. Maybe that had an effect, but no one item came up, to be honest, is to show why the RAND all of a sudden weakens from 1820 to 1880, literally in a couple of days. Mm. Mm. I think they know I'm off to America in December. It always <laughs> no, happens. It's, a, it's an indicator, yeah. Ganging up on Shapiro, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're the reverse <laughs> indicator. So I mean, you've either just bought Forex or just put an order in and it's 1880 or you're going overseas. Okay. Um, but generally, not not too bad a session. Um, the one share that did get whacked today, and there's a question on it, so we might as well get straight into it, is Cecil. Uh, the shares came off, what, about 4% today? Um, and the viewer says, what on earth is happening with Sassel? Another terrible low today of 212 Rand. Is it time to buy or sell? Uh, David. Well, the oil price is down 4%. Oh, the oil price is 4%. No, sorry, Sassel. Yeah, yeah so I'm getting yeah. confused. The Sassel is also 4 Yeah, mm. okay. So yeah. I, think, I think it's a direct result of that. I think with the oil shares down, it's a, it's a natural reaction. Also, I think the troubles at their AGM, I think, hasn't, hasn't improved their image on the outside. There's still a lot of concerns there. And it's they're in a very, very invidious position of trying to convert uh, their whole operation from gas to coal, which is not going to happen. So I think uh, it, it's, it's, it's a difficult situation that I think all oil or coal companies are going to face in the future where you're going to get people invading their AGMs and spoiling the tea and coffee and everything as they shout for clean air and so on. So expect this to happen. So, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a difficult situation for, for companies in those areas. I mean, uh, you know, it's Extinction Rebellion, I suppose, is one of the, um, mm. the, the activists. Wayne... I wouldn't, I, you know, it, I realize I'm asking a ridiculous question um, whether or not Sassel is sort of in its current guise is headed on the path to extinction. But is it, does it have to be a totally different beast in, in five to ten years' time if it wants to attract well, any capital at all? I suppose, look, you mustn't get too, you know, too, uh, uh, um, to put too much emphasis on one AGM and but obviously, the, obviously, all these companies in the energy sector have got to transform their business to lower their carbon footprint. But, you know, we're still going to use oil and coal and for a very long time. And Sassel is about 50% oil or, or petrol, if you want to call it that, and 50% chemicals. And if there is a commodity upcycle, it's actually quite a good outlook from the chemical side on, on, on Sassel. And... You know, exactly the same as every other commodity is when interest rates fall and economic growth picks up, oil's going to go up. And oil might be, you know, uh, one of the more exceptional cases. Because of all the pressure against uh, fossil fuels, there's been no development of new oil fields for five, six, seven years. Now, I know there's surplus at the moment, but that surplus can disappear quite quickly because 
even today with the move to electric, we probably still need, or oil demand probably still grows by 2 million barrels every year, you know, per day, 2 million barrels will go up. And you actually need this. Hmm. Uh, so so, I, so I, think uh, the, I think the longer term outlook for the Brent crude price is actually quite positive. So back to the question on whether or not you would buy or sell Cecil, what would you do, Wayne, at this point? I'd certainly buy it. Okay. David, would you? I, I, not at not, this stage. I'm okay. still now. There's too much overhanging the actual company. You know, there's too much, too many structural issues that they have to get right. So Wayne's right in terms of oil. I don't believe that oil is going to remain at these levels for a long time. You know, Brent under 80, and uh, I think chemical prices will pick up with just the slightest increase in activity in the global economy. Mm. But I think Sassel's got its own issues and has to sort that out as well. You know, every time they come out of the report, some pipe has fallen off or something else has happened there that's that's affecting their production. So, yeah. Yeah. And we'll see how the new CEO handles it. He's been given a hospital pass, but uh, let's see if he can stand up to Okay, then what about uh, Grindrod? Uh, GND, so not Grindrod Shipping. Uh, GND is the, what, the logistics and ports operator. Um, and the viewer says Grindrod has been stationary for more than a year. Is it time to disembark? Um, That's odd for a logistics company, you know, that you say it's stationary. But I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it has gone sideways. <laughs> it's gone sideways for a long time. And I suppose it depends on, you know, on, on again, a pickup in, in uh, their operations and a pickup in economic activity here. Broadly, logistic companies have done pretty well. So I'm not quite sure what's held it, you know, what has held it back. And, you know, it's also got the port. Wayne, is that correct? It is. Yeah, it's the port of the port. Uh, uh, Wayne, so, um, yeah. I mean, uh, Wayne, your thoughts on Grindrod? Because it's actually, it, its results are pretty robust. Mm, yeah. uh, they, they're moving huge amounts of volumes to the Maputo terminal. I would have thought that maybe there'd be a bit more joy from the market. Yeah, you mean okay. better than Durban and Cape Town? Mm. Yeah, not in Durban and Cape Town. Yeah. 60 <laughs> ships and 17,000 <laughs> containers sitting at sea. But I mean, even though the share price has gone sideways for the beginning since the beginning of this year, I mean it's up from three rand to ten rand. So this has been an extremely good performer post COVID, and you know the five-year return is still quite quite good. In fact, very good. And it's a, it's at a, it's at a eight dividend uh, eight price earnings ratio and a five dividend yield. So I I think it looks quite reasonable. Mm. Yes, Grundrod is one of the few things that I directly own, and I'm quite happy with it. Um, yes. Well, it's the one yeah. thing that's positive in my portfolio. You know, a lot of South African companies, if you look at them, are have got the same kind of patterns, by meaning that they've just been tracking sideways, and all you need is the slight increase in activity, slightly better news, and uh, they'll take off. You know, they'll do better. It doesn't look like it's going to fall in a heap. If, uh, if that's what you're getting at. So, you know, from that point of view, the upside looks far better than the downside. But I think it's similar with a lot of businesses in South Africa. You know, you can see the bases being formed. Um, and and I think that as we go into next year and the year after, as you know, Wayne says correctly, you're going to start seeing interest rates come down despite the CPI today. And, you know, I think it'll globally it'll be a trigger to take off. Yeah.
Okay, then um, uh, quite a few questions this evening, but going back to uh, yesterday's events, and the viewers uh, sends one now saying, as a part-time investor, I was completely caught with my pants down with a 23% decline in the Sabania share price yesterday, 6% up today, however. Uh, did the experts, like David and Wayne, see this coming? I'm guessing that Neil Froneman uh, and his share <laughs> options could not have expected this response to the convertible debenture announcement. Uh, Wayne, um, yeah, do you think that um, must have been an unpleasant uh, surprise to, to Neil Froneman and co.? The, the reaction of the share price to to the announcement yes look i mean there has been we all know they're under cash flow pressure after you know the share price going up from 10 rand to 75 rand and all the way back down to what's well, today to close at 20 rand on um they are operating at a negative cash flow at the current palladium well the current pgm prices they you know they're very marginal mines on the pgm side and this is what happens in the down cycle there was there was a story that they were going to do and maybe forced to do a rights issue. And of course, that's the last thing you want to do is a rights issue with your share price so depressed. And that's clearly why they've uh, gone for this uh, 500 million convertible bond, which does convert into shares at some stage into the future. So it is dilutive to the share, but not nearly to the same extent as issuing shares at this low price. But mm -hmm. I think the market was caught by the size. I mean, $500 million is a lot of cash. Eh? Mm. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, but it, yeah, it, it, what you also get, Julieta, is uh, first of all, it was like a placement. You know, not everybody could participate in it. So it was placed. Whether that price was negotiated or not, I'm not sure. But I, I would imagine that a lot of shareholders who have been around there are going to convert those shares, in other words, sell the ordinaries and buy the, the convertible, get the 4 to 5% uh, yield, and uh, in five years' time, convert, you know, convert back, yes, admittedly at a slight premium, mm. uh, which they hope that, uh, you know, with the recovery in the, in, in the finances of the company and also its prospects, that it'll pay dividends. I mean, uh, pay dividends, sorry, the pun. But I mean, it, it will it will do well and that the share price will be substantially higher than even the conversion price, you know. Mm. So I think you're going to get that kind of uh, arbitrage, you know, out of the, we've seen it before, out of the ordinaries into the convertible. Yeah. So does that mean, okay, as a part-time investor, you know, you know and you see uh -huh. something decline 23%, but then almost 8% up today. So, you know, you have made a little back a, a little bit. Do you just hang in there um, yeah. or buy more shares? I think so, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they got whacked. I mean, that, there's, there's no escape for them. You know, whatever we say here and saying, oh, this is great. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's tight. But on the other hand, Neil, you know, he would have had to go to the banks and borrow. And I think this is a cheaper option, you know, even if, if, yeah. if it is uh, issuing equity. Um, it, it's maybe he couldn't raise money just as a pure bond, yeah. you know, without the convertible factor in that. So this is big money. This is 500 million is 9 billion rand. It's, uh, and I think the market cap's only about 50 odd billion or just over that. Yeah. So um, it's, it's, it's a big issue. Well, I'm a punt for the financial mail. My uh, colleague, David Mackay, who runs a uh, website called Mining MX, is writing on this for next week. 
and and the one thing he did say was that Neil Froneman is just as cool as a cucumber. He sort of loves this kind of deal-making situation. So if you believe in him, then uh, if he's cool and calm about this and unfussed, then I don't know what that says. Um, and there's a question on PGM. <laughs> he, he can still afford to buy a loaf of bread or he can still get that. He can, he can, he can. Yeah, it's not, he can, not he can, you know, he can eat steak every night, Dave. Yes. Um, and the one viewer who has had this uh, awful conundrum with his PGM shares this year sends us a message saying, it's been a torrid year for PGMs, notwithstanding the Sabanya crash that occurred yesterday. No matter which way you turn, there's nary an analyst with anything favorable to say to mitigate the current bear in PGMs. No one wants to touch them. I'm finding it hard to hold on to PGMs, a possibly mythically bright but apparently dim future outlook. Please help me change my opinion. Um, Wayne, yes, mythically bright but apparently dim. Mm. I suppose that sort of very eloquently sums it up. I think so, yes. I mean, yeah, it's it's difficult. It's actually difficult to evaluate things properly when you are at some sort of, uh, hopefully, in the end, a, a changing point, an inflection point in the cycle. Mm. I, I, I look at Amplats all the time. And against this backdrop of falling PGM prices, Amplats is stable. You know, it's steady. It's actually, in fact, I think it's like a my punt for the year. Say, so hold on, this is going to turn and it's going to turn positive simply because it's no longer showing the kind of weakness that uh, maybe Impala has shown or Sabana has shown. It's starting to level. If you've got a chart there, you'll see over the last few weeks or months, it's actually tracking sideways, even with against the bad news. And uh, it's a sign. You know, I'm just looking at a technical sign more than, than anything else. It might be too early, but it's certainly not going lower. And again, I use the expression, I think the upside is going to be greater than the downside. Yeah. So hold on. I think, I, And I would go for Amplets. I just think okay. it's the better quality, you know, better quality play out of all of them. And I suppose Amplets has the backing of Anglo-American uh, mm. well, yeah, yeah, sure, which, you know, has its own issues to confront, but it's sort of always a little bit um, comforting to know that you've got a bigger partner behind you. But, you know, also they've got the, the best quality platinum miner with the lowest cost, so they can still operate cash flow positive at these levels, mm. whereas the other ones can't, as we see with Sabanya. Okay, so... No, I, suppose- I would say the play would, you know, if you want to, I would I would look at the ang- Anglo you know, Amplats. Okay. Right, let's race through the questions. It comes uh, with a health warning before everybody, because yeah. then I have everyone saying, oh, you know, heard him recommend Amplats. I'm saying with a health warning, you know, with uh, this, this is a play. This is a speculative play. Yeah, okay. Then uh, two questions from the same viewer. He says, may I get the panel's view on Investic? They delivered excellent results a few weeks ago. And they also Karoo shot to the moon today. Yes, it was up 40%. What could be the story behind today's yeah. rally? Okay, firstly on Karoo, uh, anyone know what happened there? Yeah, yes. They were in, the, in the closing auction on about um, on very, very small volume, the share jumped about 40%. I think it was on 8 million rands worth of trades. Very, very small. And uh, I looked at the NASDAQ price now because it is quoted there to see if there was any connection and NASDAQ's just trading where it should be. So I think this could have been finger trouble. Someone's okay. trading by the yeah, someone might have traded the wrong, pushed the wrong button in the closing auction. Okay. But watch tomorrow. So I, there would have been a response 
in uh, you know in Nasdaq if this was true. You know, if people were sure. rushing. Okay. So it does happen that traders hit the wrong button. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and Wayne, your thoughts on Investec, um, on the results, you know, and they've been probably the strongest performer uh, amongst the South African banks yes. this year. Of um, course, a lot, a lot of that is base effects. Eh? A lot of that is base effects. But certainly the new management have cleaned up the company enormously. I mean, I went to a presentation pre-COVID uh, and they, they spoke a good story. They say we've just got to get our return on assets back up. We've got to get our essentially return on equity back up. We've got to back out of businesses that don't make money for us. And they've done an extremely good job. And even with the big share price rally that we got, you know, it's now only priced the same as the other banks. And I think there mm. is still more synergies and possibly some more still to come out of Investec. So I'm, I'm quite favorably disposed towards Investec, even at this price, even with how much the share price has gone up by. I mean, it's it's gone up enormously. Yeah, but as you say, it's playing. It's you know, it had the, it spent years in the wilderness yes. doing not years much at all. in the wilderness. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to add anything there, David, or if I should move on. Not really. I just think a very disciplined approach. Um, funny, Titi is not trying to change the culture. Or he's just disciplining the culture. That's a much better way of putting it, and just uh, running it like a bank should be run. Mm. Not that it was, sorry, I might give the wrong impression, but I think he's tightened up a lot. And as Wayne said, it's uh, you know they will become mainstream and uh, getting rid of businesses that they never had. So I like I like what we're seeing from Investec. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then a uh, question on uh, growth points. Do you think growth points high dividend yield, which is currently 13%, is sustainable? Uh, and then JC small and mid caps appear to be cheap, especially at the moment. Which share on the JC do you think currently offers the best value? Uh, so on growth points, uh, dividend yield, do you think that is sustainable? There was a trading, I don't know, did Wayne look, he, he's... Yeah, there was he's a trading update. Mm. Yeah. There was a trading up there. It was actually quite good, and it showed quite a few positive things. But the biggest thing, which I've also come across from other sources, is that the, the office market is over its worst. Their, their vacancies were down. Look, they're obviously still high, but their vacancies were down. Um, their rental reversions, which is when you sign a new lease now, your actual base rental drops. The negative figure is smaller in the office side. It was minus 19. It's now minus 17 or something like that. So the office market is over its worst. It's still not good, mm. but it is at least turning. People are going back to the office. Uh, on the question of sustainability, look, you're going to battle to grow it. You'll be lucky to grow 2 or 3%. Maybe you go 5% backwards. But by and large, the answer is yes. You, they will be able to sustain more or less that 13% dividend yield. Remember, you pay cash on those dividends. You pay tax on those dividends. Mm. But it's still a fantastic uh, uh, yield. And these companies are still at 50, 40, 50% discount to net asset value. Yeah. Mm. There's been quite a bit of activity in property shares recently, the last couple of weeks. So you can see nibbling taking place and a buyer starting to put money in there and uh, you'll find the days where it does feature, and that includes shares of the UK like Hammerson and um, Shaftesbury, etc. Mm. So, and I, I watch activity every day, but I have noticed quite a bit of buying at these low levels. I don't think this is a quick turnaround, but um, 
it, you know, it, it, it certainly shows signs of, of levelling out. Mm. And as to the, the JC Small and Midcaps, for you, what is the most screaming buy in the sector? The, the one with red flashing lights, not because it's a warning sign, but it just says, I'm so cheap. I went the other day, I was looking, I saw Metair being killed. I thought, Holden, this has got to be a buy. And I, I created my, uh, dare I say it, my Schitt's Creek uh, portfolio, S-C-H-I-T-T. I called it paddling up, you know, Schitt's Creek. And um, and and, and this, this portfolio is just blown out, you know, with, with cap up about, I don't know, 15, 20%, uh, Metair up. So I think there are a lot of cheap businesses. Go for those that you know. In other words, that have been around, you know their product range, you know the management, you know the balance sheet. I think you'll start to find some decent picks in that area. But again, I reiterate, you know, make sure that the business is secure and solid. Mm, got enough cash. Um, they've got cash and they, you know, and the product is a, is a good product, well, well supported here. So I think you'll find in, in that area, you will be able to make money in the next year or two years or so on. Wayne, are there any sort of really obvious picks for you there before I get your actual stock picks this evening? Look, I like Zeta, ZEDA. Core rental, I think, is flying. This is a 3 PE ratio. Mm. I think this is really cheaper. Okay. And then a last question before we get to your formal stock picks this evening. Sunlam, its share price has been creeping up slowly. Is it an opportune time to buy more shares? I don't know if I should ask David because you really you're not exactly wild <laughs> I, I, about you know, insurance I, companies. I, I I think we spoke about it last week. I think those companies in the financial services we're starting to see things stabilise here, look a little better. They're selling more product. Well, Mutual came out with a trading update, which I never quite understand. There's a lot of words there, and you have to decipher them. But I mean, overall, you can get a trend that things are improving. Mm. And uh, if you looked at uh, 91, you looked at Coronation, I think things will get better from here. And the markets are telling you that. When markets go up, these companies benefit and they draw more cash in. So I think Sunlum's in that position. Mm. I mean, Wayne, yeah, you could say that it hasn't been uh, creeping. It's just been almost relentlessly climbing from the start of the year. Sunlum's had a really good year. It's actually been going up quite nicely. But I do agree with David. You know, maybe there was a nice opportunity with Momentum a couple of months ago, with Momentum Metropolitan Mm. a couple of months ago. But it doesn't hugely excite me. They're cheaper companies. I'm not saying the share's expensive. Yeah. But there's cheaper companies than these around. There are better bargains out there than these. The banks are far better value than the life issuers. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. So we have two minutes. So you can uh, wax lyrical about your stock picks um, and the bargain uh, basement uh, stocks that you're going to fish out for us this evening. <laughs> Wayne, what's, um, what, what takes your fancy? Look, I'm, I'm going for Puma, you know, the, uh, and it's a very contrary share to what David would normally choose. This is a top left to bottom right share price, whereas David normally goes the other way around. But it just looks too cheap. I mean, it's gaining a little bit of market shares. It's got a few problems in the in, in, in the US. It's been a bit of a, a laggard there. But at this valuation for a brand like this, I think it is just cheap. And you should get a half decent return out of it over the next year or two. Okay. I mean, it's quite volatile this year, but actually it looks like yes. it's sort of recovering. 
Um, yes. Okay. Uh, David, how about you? I, I, I read the, well, sorry, I listened to Jensen Wang, Wang on NVIDIA and uh, after their results. And as he said here, you know, he said it, I didn't say it, he said the era of generative AI is taking off. Now that's him, not me. So when someone who runs this billion dollar company, multi-billion dollar company, tells you what they're going to do and where they're going, I've got to believe him. I know the shares are down now, but uh, when you go through his presentation and when you go through his um, you know, transcript or, or listen to what he says, you'll see how this industry is changing. And you can't ignore it. You know, it's it's going through different stages, but it's it's far from over. In fact, it's only beginning now. And the way that businesses are going to position themselves, the new businesses coming in. So I still think this is going to be the theme that's going to dictate us, that's going to dictate markets uh, next year, even though the share price is up 250% this year. Yeah, I know. And I mean, <laughs> it's, I did, a yeah. it's a bargain. <laughs> Do you think so? Because someone, I did see someone on Twitter worry about, I think he was talking about the base. You know, you've set, yeah. yes, you can see huge growth, but you've set a much higher base now for earnings. And if you don't meet, you know, so, so you've got a higher base level, so your expectations are therefore commensurately higher, uh, yeah. so you can disappoint people. Not yeah, you don't have to intellectualize too much <laughs> about this one. <laughs> you know, it's like Tesla. We all miss Tesla. <laughs> we all keep saying it's too high, too high. It's not going to work. And, and this share price, I mean, it's, it's okay. It's number 11 or 10 okay. in the top yeah. uh, companies, but still. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. sorry I, have to, I have to go. I've gone uh, over. Wayne, David, uh, thank uh, you very much for joining uh, us this evening. Nice to chat to you both. David Shapiro is from Assassin Securities. Wayne McCurry is from F&B Wealth and Investments. And coming up, the close. Stay with us. I'm <laughs> sorry.